When we went to the campsite to go scatter his ashes, we were out there at like six o'clock in the morning and like randomly we look over and there's this hummingbird just like suspended in air. I've never seen a hummingbird that close just staring at us. And we were just like, oh my God, this is so weird. That's him. Like just making sure like we got the spot. All right, Justin, thank you so much for being here. I hope you don't mind me awkwardly sitting Indian style. No, I no. I feel like a child. Get comfortable. Post-COVID world, anything Post, goes. Is that what it, this is pre-COVID too, but oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll leverage that if I have to. Um, thank you for being here. And uh, as I mentioned before we started, it's kind of, we didn't really talk much about it, which is kind of cool to me. And the fact that you're so willing to talk about something like this. I mean, I find you hilarious as do obviously many other people. So I think uh, I just thought someone with your humor and insight that I'm sure I'm going to hear would be a, just a good conversation. And you did mention, just to start off, since this is Dead Talks, talking about death, uh, you've had some loss in your life? Oh, yeah. Is, oh, yeah. I think if you don't have loss in your life, then you're not living. So are you saying forced loss in your life? Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> no. No, I mean, I feel like I've, yeah, I've, I feel it's inevitable and yeah. Yeah. It would be weird if I knew somebody who didn't have loss in their life. Yeah, which I guess they, those, those people are around. I've met a couple of them. I feel like they're living life Sometimes I, like, I always thought losses can be a good thing in your life, even though it sucks, yeah. depending on how you take it. But then I meet some people that haven't had significant loss in their life, and they're just living in somewhat bliss. Like, they don't even know any better. So, like, are you happier? For now. <laughs> but also, I feel like that's also kind of like the people who, who are born in Los Angeles. Yeah. They're, like, very rare. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're like, oh, I was born here. And you're like, get out of here. No, you weren't. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's alien. Yeah. It's alien. <laughs> Actually, people that are from LA, people from LA get a bad rap, but mm -hmm. it's usually the, the transients, which I think is pretty common practice. But people from LA usually are, in my, the ones I've met, or I like them. Yeah, they know what's up. I, I think it's right. Well, I feel like they know what's how things are supposed to be. They're not trying to, be I don't anything? know, prove something like I'm from LA. You know, <laughs> that's what I do in LA. <laughs> it's like you're from Ohio, Becky. Like, shut up, yeah, Becky. Yeah. Of course, or my homie Jake, but I'm not going to bring him up again. Um, so is there anyone, is any of those specific stand out? Any of those people that you've lost? Well, I mean, I had a huge loss in 2021 last year. Oh, that's recent. Yeah, very recent, very sudden. A friend of mine, a partner of mine for tons of, I mean, God, off and on relationship-wise, we lived together for like, God, I don't even know, like three, four, five times. So we were technically like a very bittersweet relationship. Met in 2006 and we're just kind of like joined at the hip from the get-go, really. I remember being like very instantly attracted to this person. Like the first time I saw him, I was like, damn, okay. Just the aura, the presence, the style, the look. It was just something that I had never really seen before. Just kind of like this bad boy image, but like the sweetest person ever. So we started dating and, um, you know, like most relationships, especially we started dating really pretty much before the recession hit. So, I mean, we were eating toast and eggs for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like we really went through it. He was with me when I started stand up, And then like throughout the years, like all relationships do, you know, there's like a, you grow apart, you fizzle out. 
But there was always something that kind of just connected us back together. I don't know what it was, but he was like my biggest uh, critic, my muse, my friend, and was just so talented. And he was in music, like he had an ear for music. And he worked for, you know, some celebrities, some artists. And uh, the last couple of years, he had a, he had a battle with uh, alcoholism. And I kind of did too. Like when I first started doing stand-up, I was getting in the clubs and like fucking going hard. How do you even avoid that? You can, Yeah. You're like, okay, I have a, and especially like when I started, it was like, okay, you have a 1245 spot on a Tuesday. Well, technically a Wednesday. And, oh, sorry, but Chappelle bumped you or, you know, we're, we've all been bumped. We have to wait around. So now it's going into like two o'clock in the morning. And you're hungry and you're like, this is what I need to do. And, you know, I got to prove myself and I got to pay my dues. And yeah, alcohol flows freely throughout the night. So there were definitely nights where I was just getting shit faced. And um, I had to learn how to control that. And it got to a point with him where it just kind of was a like a normal thing. You know, like we'd go to a party and he'd show up late to help set up, but like start early on the drinking. <laughs> and then everybody's at the party and he's like passed out on the floor. And we're like, everyone's like, oh, was you this know? a regular thing before you guys even met? Would it happen to really start with your relationship? I don't know. But I mean, like when we met, we were like in our early 20s, you know? So it was like, oh, yeah, we're just young and stupid. There were several moments where. I started seeing red flags around him. We were living together at the time and I had just wrapped my first big show. It was a show that I developed at the comedy store. Then uh, E bought it and we taped it. It was like a huge thing. I was like a judge on the panel and yeah, we're like taping the pilot and you know, it's open bar and I'm like, I'm like, be on your best behavior. So help me God. And I like look over and he's gone because I brought him as my plus one. And I remember uh, somebody on the show came over and was like, I think your boyfriend's like passed out outside. And I'm like, perfect. Great. Got him in an Uber, sent him home. Like an hour later calls me and he's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm at the show that you're supposed to be at. He's like, oh, sorry. I mean, it, it was just, you know, and I'm not trying to like bad mouth him or whatever, but... It sucked, you know, because it was like, I've worked so hard to like get to this place and you can't even like hold it together for one fucking hour or two hours, however long. We got into a, a, a car wreck at one point because you know, he had road rage and he was drinking and, you know, fled the scene. <laughs> and then, you know, it just became just a problem. It was just every day. So the point where I said, if I stay in this, I'm not going to be okay. So I moved out and we remained friends. He had a whole group of just amazing friends that helped him whenever they could. If, if he ever lost a job, there was another friend who'd be like, Hey, come work for me. And that's what really kind of pissed me off. He never had to like go out and apply for a job. He always had somebody who gave him a job and some way or the other always fucked it up because of alcohol. And so during the pandemic, 
we remained friends and it just got to the point where it was a mix of like the isolation of being alone in your apartment and, you know, having a liquor store down the street right there, be conveniently there. And I mentioned something to like the group of friends and I was like, I don't know if he's doing okay or not. There was a little bit of like, people were like wanting to check in. There were a lot of red flags of like, he would say something and we'd be like, what? Like you haven't showered? Like what, like what, what do you, how long? And the last time I saw him, I was the last person to see him alive. And that'll always stick with me because it was something that I, I'm sorry, I'm going to cry a little bit. It was something that I uh, didn't see because the person who walked out to my car was not the same person that I knew. And he played it off as though, you know, no, everything's fine. And, and you're looking at somebody and you're like, I know you're not okay. And you know, I'm not going to like judge you or, you know, you can talk to me, but it was just this denial and just, no, everything's fine. And I'm like, you're, you're limping and you're, you know, you're overweight and like you, you're dirty. Like, I don't, I don't know who you are and you're in my car. And I just remember we went and I drove around. I had just got a new car and I, we took a little joy ride and we're listening to music and talking about once COVID's over, what we're going to do and just catching up. And then I just remember dropping him off back at his apartment and he wouldn't get out of my car. (laughs) And I just remember saying something like he just kind of stayed there and we kind of talked for a little longer and it got to the point where I was like, get the fuck out of my car, (laughs) like beat it. (laughs) And I just remember going home and calling my friend at the time and being like, I'm really concerned. What do I do? Something's wrong. And it's just that gut feeling of like, if I don't do something or if he doesn't do something, this is going to end horribly. And she was like, here's some programs that he could like get into via Zoom. Like you don't have to be in person, all that stuff. And I remember hanging up the phone with my friend at the time and and then calling him back immediately and being like, here's a link. Here's, you know, I'm really worried about you. I really want you to not die pretty much. And then that weekend, I went, me and my guy friends, we had planned a little birthday trip. My birthday was that following weekend. And then my friends was the following weekend of my of, of March. And we got there. We got into the Airbnb. We went to Paso Robles. We were doing wine tastings. We had like the whole weekend planned out. And I get a text. I went to bed that night. Just weird because I remember I have this scar on my leg from the night we got there. We'd all been having wine and nothing crazy, but I flew out of the bed. Like I laid down in the bed and then I fell backwards. I can't explain it, but I fell backwards and hit my leg up against one of the like bed posts. It was like a, you know, this Napa Airbnb. So of course it has some haunted bed frame, <laughs> some rich white lady bed frame. But it like busted my leg open. Were you to the, sleeping or you just no? I was like I, I I don't like I'm trying to even figure out how I did. Like I when you crawl into bed like a normal person, you know you get in. But I like I don't know if I like sat up and then leaned back and just lost my balance and fell back. But I think that was him. 
knocking me out of the bed, letting me know that he had passed or something because the next morning his mother uh, DM'd me and I hadn't talked to her in years. And she's like, have you heard, you know, have you heard from him? We haven't, it's been a while. He's not picking up his phone, da, 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 da. And I was like, no, I mean, I saw him last, I saw him like a couple days ago. And to be honest, he doesn't look that good. So you should probably consider like maybe coming to get him or I don't know, whatever the options are. And I left it at that. And then like a couple, God, it was probably like a couple minutes, but it probably felt like an hour or so. I She DM me back and she said he's dead. And that was it. And I was like, during my vacation? Um, and I just remember being like, what? And calling my friend who was friends with him as well. And, I, and she picks up and she's like, who told you? And I'm like, what, what? And she's like, yeah, we're at his place right now. You know, the coroner's going in there and getting him and, 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 and we didn't want to tell you because we knew you were on, on vacation. We didn't want this to ruin your vacation. And it was just such a shock because I was like, I just fucking saw him. I got off the phone with him. I, I sent him like links to help him and, and that was it. And it was just the heart and it sucked because we couldn't be together. You know, we couldn't, you know, we had to be in our homes and we had to like zoom and we had to like grieve, like not in a natural way. And I just remember, um, we all got together and did a like memorial service for him. And it was so lovely. And, you know, just remembering the good times and the, and, and we played like his, his, his playlists and there was a slideshow and he was just a good guy. And it's just, he was so talented and he just always just, I don't know if it was just doubt or, or, or what I still, to this day, I can't process like, there was always an excuse for something. Like I can't do this because, and I no, I can't do this because, and it was just like, come on, we're all, we're all doing it, you know? And then we went and um, when we got his ashes, we went to our favorite like camping trip and we did like this little ceremony over the, over the river that he loved. And yeah, it's just something that I've never really like, I've spoke about it before, but like, it's just something that I always think about, you know, cause he was just such a good dude who just threw in the towel. Yeah. It's only been a, it's only been a year which yeah. is not that long of a time. And you even said it, you were, it wasn't even, didn't feel like you had a proper natural way of grieving. You yeah. You said it's because of, was it still, we said it was a prime COVID time of year. It was, I guess a year ago. I mean, it was, it was still, March of 2021. Yeah. So things are still pretty hot then. So what, what, what do you feel like you've done? Is like at this point, do you, is it something you kind of just like move forward on or is there, do you think there's reflections that you've had since you said this? Both. Co I love coincidences and I love little, I, I'm a spiritual person. I, you know, I'm not very like, oh, you know, there's one maker, you know, all that kind of stuff. So like, I'll see little things in nature every now that like remind me of him or, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a relationship now that is very healthy and good. And I didn't think I was going to have that after, after him. Cause I was just like, how the fuck do I date again? How do I, um, and someone again, you know, and well, in the moment, doesn't it? I feel like think about how you felt then to where you are now. You're, you're in a healthy relationship because I, I can I can relate to that. We don't have to get into that about my situation, but when you're in the moment with something, 
you know, the possibility of healing just that kind of just seems impossible in the moment, right? Oh God, it's so it was, different from where you were then to now. Oh, uh, I mean, I haven't cried. Whew. I haven't cried. Like I still, I mean, I just got emotional then thinking about it, but it's like, I, I just remember just being so just broken. Cause you, you know, I feel like, especially in entertainment and I feel like in comedy and it's very rare to find a good core group of people, good friends. And this town throws you so many curveballs and like, you know, oh, I'm up for this job. Just kidding, you yeah, know? Exactly. <laughs> and you're just like, but wait, you know? So many moments of just like, you're so close, you know? And it just, it's just, it's, it's just heartbreaking to know how much people loved him and were like rooting for him. And it just sucks. There, I have those days now where, like I'll see something or I'll go to like a party or something where there's like a, a a DJ or someone playing their music. And I'm like, God damn, he could have been doing that. He would have done such a better job. You know, when we went to the campsite to go scatter his ashes, we got there so early to get the spot that we always got, you know? So my friend and I, uh, the one who picked up the phone and was like, who told you? She was with me. We were out there at like six o'clock in the morning and like randomly we look over and there's this hummingbird just like suspended in air. I've never seen a hummingbird that close. Hummingbirds are usually like, you know, like zipping all over. This was, just, it was like a drone. It was like just, just staring at us. And we were just like, oh my God, this is so weird. And we were like, that's him. Like just making sure like we got the spot. Loved space, loved like, meteor showers and and anything space related you know so we i remember while we were there we saw this crazy like meteor just like like on fire just this fireball just go across the sky and i was like are we okay <laughs> like should we go should we go to higher ground and like i was I, like to the point where i was like we should go into town and check the news <laughs> and no one said anything it was just this big fiery red ball that shot across the sky it was so crazy so, I mean, I see little moments like that and I appreciate them and I accept them and I acknowledge them, which I feel like is a part of like my healing. Like, how do you feel right now talking about it? Because you said you haven't really spoke about it? No, I feel fine. I mean, I talked about it on my podcast back like literally the week after it happened. I like being vulnerable and I think mm -hmm. being vulnerable and emotional is healthy, you know, especially in a in a field of just dude bros and, you know, <laughs> I'm like, fucking <laughs> crushing it, you know, okay, relax, you know. I feel like with comedy, I feel like so many, I mean, in life, in art, the art world in general, I feel like so much comedy comes from traumatic experience, especially mm -hmm. in the com. I'm not in the comedy world like you are, so I don't understand it, but does it not come from a dark place a lot of the time? Like a lot of these Oh, comedians? for sure. So it's, I, I think why, so. Do a lot of comedians keep it in besides in their jokes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. But I feel like if you keep it in, that's when it starts, it can mutate. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah. That's so, the whole point. Of, that's why we're here. Well, and it's also like, you know, I this past year, too, we've had so many just die. <laughs> it's like... Comedians, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's just, up? Just left and right. Like, I felt like every every week the marquee was like, R.I.P. so-and-so, R.I.P. so-and-so, make God laugh. Da, da, da. And I'm like, oh, God, Gosh. not make God laugh. <laughs> oh, God. What do you think God's sense of humor is? I don't know. <laughs> Me either. I think it's a good one because I was in, I was in uh, Joshua Tree this past weekend and I looked up and I saw a, a rock and it was a big rock and it was just the shape of an ass. <laughs> just a big, big 
big crack down the middle, just a big butt. And I was like, that's funny. That's God's stand up right there. And I feel like, I feel, you know, I feel like, I feel like God does have a sense of humor, but. I mean, he must. This fucking world we're living in, is, I think it's hilarious. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> he's going through a really dark phase yeah, right he's now. Through, he's, he's regrows as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, if, when you spoke about it uh, a week after on your podcast, do you notice anything different in yourself from speaking about it now to that first week in regards to where you were? I'm sure there's a difference, obviously, but in the way you see Yeah, it. I mean, I definitely got, um, it was a wake-up call for me, for sure. You know, I looked at it at the point of, I need to take care of myself and make sure I'm okay. Like, maybe cut back on the drinking. Make, And that's the thing. It's like, the, the drinking, obviously, it's a uh, depressant, but it's also a way to numb pain, you know? And when you when you're going through so much pain, it's just so much easier just to like pick up a bottle and drown your sorrows. And um, I remember when COVID hit, I was just like, "Well, I'll have a box of wine tonight." Specifically, a box. A box. Okay, there you go. Oh, straight up a good old Trader Joe's boxed cab, <laughs> you know. And it was like, oh well, you know, it's four bottles of wine and. This will be over in two weeks. What a great little staycation. And then you're like, oh. Something about boxed wine that makes it more depressing than bottled wine, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's okay, though. It's, yeah. You know, you're just kind of like, well, I guess I'm going to watch Tiger King tonight. (laughs) Um, And then it lasted and it kept going and it kept going and things were getting canceled. Events that were like coming up in the future were getting canceled. And you're just kind of like, oh, shit. Like, how long is this? And I remember COVID hit right on my birthday. Not like right on it, but it was like, I remember planning that whole week of like, okay, I'm going to do this on Wednesday. I think my birthday was on a, a Friday or I think it was a Friday or Saturday of that year. And I had just gotten back from the road. I was in New Orleans and Houston. And that's when people were like, oh yeah, no, it's like bad. Like people are getting sick. And we were like, oh, well, whatever. We had hand sanitizer at our meet and greet. We're good. And I remember coming back home and I remember feeling like, oh, I have really bad bronchitis. And... I got a Z-Pack from my doctor. I was like, yeah, I'm going back on the road. I need to like just knock this out. And I took the five pills and then it lasted for like four more days. And I was like, oh shit. And I remember being like sick, but not like I can't breathe, all that kind of stuff. And then the comedy store was like, the shows in the main room are canceled. We're moving everything to the OR. We're splitting it up. And then it was just like, everything's done. And then the tour was over. So, I mean, you're dealing with that as well. You're like, okay, well, there goes all of my income. There goes all of my work. Now I'm just stuck in my fucking apartment. And, you know, it wasn't like a nine to five. I couldn't like zoom in and be like, hey guys, okay, this is what we're doing, moving ahead. No, it was like, I don't have a job. I don't have anything. And so start drinking. There's a whole after math from... I think effect a lot of people didn't calculate in regards to the shutdowns. And I think we realize that now the effect it had on people. Yeah. Besides the income and the work and that stress, obviously. Like it was mental health. Yeah. I don't even remember talking about mental health before yeah. COVID. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I think it's, it's a good thing. Obviously people are talking about it now, but it's unfortunate. That's the way it had a lot of like in isolation. When if you're not, I don't know, it's when you're isolated and all the stimulus around you're by yourself, you're like forced with your thoughts. And that's when you start going oh, to yeah. a place and your true colors kind of come out and re- the true mental health, I think, really pops out. So, I mean, it sucks. It's sad because a lot of, I think suicide was oh, astronomically yeah. up. That suicide was astronomically up. In regards to that, you're, was he, was he, I know when you saw him the last night, <clears throat> you saw some signs that clearly he wasn't okay, but was he suicidal prior? Was there anything else that was 
kind of showing those flags? There wasn't anything like showing, but it was like there were signs. Like he would say things that we would be like, come on, dude. Like, don't say, like, he'd say stuff like, well, if I die, I die, whatever. And we were kind of like, ha 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 ha. But I mean, yeah, those were like definitely red flags because you just, you just, you didn't know what was going on. I don't think, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to say, what I think happened, but I just think there was a mix of medication and alcohol that he, you know, you're not supposed to mix stuff with, you know, and he would do that. And I remember we'd have arguments where I'd be like, hey, like, see this bottle? It says, don't drink alcohol. And he'd be like, oh, well, okay. And like, take it anyways. But I'd be like, what are you doing? So, (sighs) but yeah, I mean, it just sucks because he, he, he knew like everybody. I mean, I would I would bring him around to the store every now and then. It was bad. It was it was bad for me and it was bad for him and it was like it was like a beautiful toxic relationship <laughs> cuz we liked each other, yeah. but it was just like you know, I would stay out late because I knew he when I got home, he would be passed out. So I would stay out and hang out with my friends because I'd be like, ah, I don't want to go home to that, you know. So when I finally broke it off, you know, that was probably maybe five years ago when I got my own place, we still maintained that friendship. It was weird because I was like, I'm never not going to have you in my life because you were such a big part of it, you know. And now I don't have him in my life because of it. Yeah, I don't. How do you? I'm having trouble myself deciding between that. Like when you have a relationship that has that chaotic nature to it but you still want to be with that person Mm -hmm. it's a a weird it's a weird thing even though you know the things you do together aren't healthy for you but you still want that in Mm -hmm. a weird way it's like how do you know because it's interesting when you just said you still want them in your life because of how important they were but how do you know the difference between even though this isn't a relationship podcast how do you know the difference of when you truly need to part ways and when it's okay to keep it close I guess if you if you find just being friends and that's that's messed out. Yeah, I mean that's that's the crazy find the balance part of it because you're just God. like I like you and I think you're great, but like I just don't think. And I think for me it was like something. It was it was it was it was something internal for me was just like you know you got to get out of this for some weird reason. I had. I, I I put a chart up in my brain. A chart? <laughs> a chart, yeah. Um, I sharted in my brain. <laughs> um, I put Just a chart clarify. up with a CH. <laughs> I put a chart in my brain that was like, okay, I'm going to give you three chances. And the first one was the show. And I was like, strike one. The second one was the crash, which was strike two. And then the third one was the constant, like, falling in out of the bed in the middle of the night and 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 urinating and yeah, that that stuff. And I was just kind of like, okay, no. And that all happened in the span of like 2 to 3 weeks. Each one of those. All three strikes, 3 weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? That's it. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that's a smart decision. You know what else are we supposed to do? Okay, when as these keep going on and hopefully yeah. it gets better. But what's great, well I was like, if I don't get out of this, there's like, I, I, I also moved out to help him, you know, I was like, maybe this will kind of like waken you up in a weird way where, you know, Hey, Oh, you know, he left, but I've also left before and we've gotten back together, whatever. And that's the crazy thing. He helped me move. <laughs> he helped okay. me move into my new place. 
And that's just the kind of person he was. Just a good guy, you know? Yeah, it makes it even worse when you see someone going through their own things and it seems like he was loved, like you said. So mm-hmm. it kind of like, it fucks with you. Yeah. It's like, it seemed like this guy had all the resources and all the love around him, but then there's that internal battle that we know nothing about. I can see how that drives you nuts being the last one that saw him because I feel like it's like what I've heard before. It seems like it's instantaneous, even though it's not warranted, there's like that weird instantaneous guilt because it's like, I was the last person that saw him. Right. So it's like, you got to let that go. Like, oh, happen, yeah. Happen, do you feel like you have? Not that you don't yes. tell me you feel guilty. I just feel like that's common. Yeah, I feel like I definitely have. I did have a little bit of guilt which I guess still kind of weighs on me because we are very punctual. I don't know if you noticed, but I got here right at two. I was impressed. Yeah, I did. Believe me. And the phone call came. Right? I was like, and I was, I was anticipating. I was like, LA. I haven't right, heard no. from home. I was like, <laughs> I am so. It's like it's being punctual is like such a thing for me. I hate unless it's like something out of my control. And if that's the case, it's like oh traffic. Then it's like I'll be there at two o five or something. But I try so hard to like be on time. And that was the thing he was too. He was just like, party starts at eight. I'm here at 7.59. We're going to set up, you know, if we're going, if we got to be here, we're going to be there on time. If we got to get tickets for anything, we're going to get them, you know. And I remember pulling up that day in my car and he wasn't out there. And I was like, all right, dude, it's one o'clock. You said be here at one o'clock and I'm here and you're not here. And then 102, then 103, then 105. And I think it was like 107, 108 is when he finally came out. And I was just like, what's going on? And I knew right then, I was like, something's up, he's not here yet. And I still have that guilt of, had I parked my car, pushed the gate code and gone upstairs and seen what was in the apartment, that's when I would have been like, call the group. We're dragging him out, sending him to rehab, something. You know, what they saw when they went in, I'm not going to go into details, was just like like apocalyptic. Yeah, I wonder I wonder when these conversations, because I've had other other episodes of people talking about suicide, and it's like, for when, anyone that's listening, I'm like, is this, is this conversation I'm hoping is, I feel like naturally it's for the people that, to be aware for the signs, but then it's also, there's only so much the people can, you can do. Yeah. Even if you hammer it, like you could try all these different tactics. At the end of the day, it's for that person. They have to figure it out. You can do everything quote unquote right. And then they still might do that. So it's like, I don't know if this is more of a conversation for anyone that's feeling like they want to go in that direction. Hopefully not to realize themselves that the people around you maybe care than you, the more than you think. So it's like, I don't know how, I don't know what the answer is or what you do around the conversation of suicide for people to to shift that direction because like you feel like you can supply the people around them so much to help them, but it's like sometimes that's not enough. It's mm-hmm. just up to the person that's yeah. feeling depressed or whatever. You know, you always hear, what is it? It's not, if you see something, say something. That's yeah, like yeah. stranger danger. No, terrorism no. or something. <laughs> but like, but like, but you know, it's like, don't be afraid to ask for help, you know? And I feel like we live in a very, like prideful kind of everyone. Like I feel like individualistic kind of, I can handle this myself. Weakness is bad kind of a thing. And it's, you know, Hey, I'm not okay. I think that veil is kind of getting a little bit more and more. I think so too. My thought is, I know sometimes this doesn't help either. It's like, maybe it's good for people to show without like prying, maybe show them, Hey, if you need, like show that you, like you said, that you can talk, like you can talk to me, you know that, right? Like, 
I wonder if we need to say that more rather than assume that this person knows that because mm-hmm. then there is that like shame or some people don't want to be, be a burden to other people, but like, how do we let them know? Like you can, you can come to me if you need something. Yeah. And I, I don't know, you know, if that's going to help, but ultimately it comes back to just, I don't know. We got to check in on each other. Yeah. But I mean, I feel since everything happened, you know, I've, I've definitely learned this was the first big grief that I had losing somebody that was really close to me. And I've learned peace and I've learned the knowing of him wherever he is now being in a better place. You know, I had a grandmother too, that my grandmother passed away back in, I want to say 2018, I believe 2018 or 20. Yeah. 2018, I believe. And that was the first time that I had actually seen somebody die in front of me. Oh shit. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother Which level. was different. Gruesome at the same time, because I had to take her off life support. It was my my sister and my uh and my brother. And we were there. And like having to watch that was like really shocking, you know. Cause like in a movie, you know, they're like <laughs> You know, they, they do the uh, the plug and it's like, it's good night, it's you know. Oh, sweet dreams. It's Flights great. of angels, you know. <laughs> not anything like that. But this was not the case. No. It was lots of, uh, lots of sounds and, and screams and, oh, it was awful. And that still haunts me. But, you know, it was your, it, it's somebody old and there was no way of, of, of keeping her alive. And my brother, who was in the army, you know, he's done some tours in Afghanistan. He was like, this is, this is what death looks like. And we were like, it is? This is not cute at all. What happened? Like, I was wanting, like, Rose in Titanic, like, you know, in her bed with all of her bed, her, her pictures all around her bed. But no, that's not what we got. But it was a different type of grief. Like, it was just like, it was, that was just sudden and jarring and, like, in our face. And this was just like, God. I just dropped you off. And it really made me think about life and being like, when you say goodbye to somebody, like, this could be the last time I see you. You know what I mean? I had a friend of mine this past weekend that we grew up together in Texas. And like one of my best friends as a kid, and I hadn't seen her and we we became uh, separated over time. And every now and then we'll chime in and, say hi on social media or whatever. I went out to the outlet malls in uh, like outside of Palm Springs and I'm walking around and I see her and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like it was so wild. And just that like exhilaration of seeing somebody you haven't seen in like a decade and like hugging them. I just remember like hugging her and like not being able to let go. And, you know, I felt apologetic. I was like, I'm so sorry that like I, I haven't been around. And and she's like, Don't worry, you know, she's married now and has her own life. But I was just like, please, let's not let this time go by as long as it did, because you just you never know. Yeah, and it sounds like a it's a cliche and it sounds morbid as hell, but it's like it's shit's real. It's shit's real. And we I feel like we do things in such a routine way. When we see people, we hang out, we see them all the time. And it's like I get it. Sometimes it's hard to have that energetic, like excitement yeah. but if we look at it like that it, it really makes a difference because you fucking don't you, you had a first-hand experience of that mm-hmm. and it's important that you see it like that mm-hmm. but it's hard we, we all have our own shit sometimes we're distracted in the moment we all get the stuff going on so we I, like how do we just 
bring it back to where we are now and all the other yeah. stuff all the other stuff is outside of us right now. Well, and I'm also like a time heals kind of a person. Like I definitely have people that I have disassociated myself with just because I don't know, like, I don't know, just because of, huh? Just because of fuck them? Did I fuck them? No, no. <laughs> I've just, disassociated <laughs> myself because I fucked them. <laughs> and I sharded in my brain. And that was it. No, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, we, I feel like friendships grow and friendships change. And there's certain friendships that I've had that I'm just kind of like, you know what? Like, go work on you. And maybe in a year or two or whenever, we can get back together and everything, but I feel like you're you're a lot better off without me right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm like this perfect person or whatever, but it's like, it's probably best for those people to kind of just figure themselves out rather than like kind of have me around and I can't babysit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes I, have, I feel like a lot of those relationships happen naturally. You kind of just naturally... Do your course without having yeah. to say anything, yeah. which makes it a lot easier. I'm, well, I don't want to have that conversation. <laughs> um, so, how you feel? How you feel now? A year later, you feel right? like you're good? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel I feel a lot better. I definitely have moments where I'm like, "Damn it, why aren't you here?" You know, it's not going to not happen. Yeah, but and it's like, like you know, he loved loved RuPaul's Drag Race. Loved RuPaul's Drag Race. We would talk and we would call each other and be like, who do you think's going home this week? Like, it was like our fantasy football. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, we'd be like, we'd be like, oh, so-and-so's lost. They've, they've been in the bottom three times this, you know, season. They're going home. And, oh, they didn't go home. Or did you see what she worked, what she walked out on the runway in? Oh, my God. You know, and it was so much fun. And, like, we knew stats. We knew everything. And, you know, I have this show coming out on – Saturday, where I actually worked with some of the drag queens uh, from Drag Race. And, you know, him not being there to see it is, is like, ah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting with time. It's like time heals, but it doesn't, you know, it's still going to, it's always going to be there. I think mm-hmm. it just kind of gets a little easier, hopefully, in some ways. And you learn to evolve with it. Otherwise, I, what else? Your life goes on. It does. It, it does. To say, but it's, I, it's, I don't know what it's, to say. I mean, talk about a memory of a person who, not just me, so many people will carry with them. I mean, just the nicest, the nicest guy. And I feel like in this town, that's the funny thing too, is like nobody had a bad thing to say about him. Just the best character, the best, would drop everything in a heartbeat to help you. Like, what do you need? I got this, I got this, what I can, you know. Someone needed help moving like in Lake Arrowhead and he like drove out there, drove the U-Haul, like packed, like, just if anybody needed anything, he was just always there. And nobody, I mean, the, the best, the only, the only bad reputation was his drinking. They're like, you know, but like no one was like, what a dick, what an asshole. Oh, that guy is a piece of shit. No, there is no bad things said about him at all. Yeah, it makes it so much more of an, it's frustrating, confusing. I don't, I don't know, life is, maybe it's God's sixth sense of humor, like we said, but it doesn't make sense when someone has all that. And so, and you can't speak poorly on them. Not that it makes other suicides or death mm-hmm. like a hierarchy because they were shitheads, but it's like what? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, I feel I I, I definitely hear him through music. There will be like it's really weird. There's a song, um, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, it always comes on, and every time I hear it, I'm like. Show yourself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean, we're flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. 
Has but it like, in your stand-up? Or like I'll, I'll be in the car and like I'll, I'll have like SiriusXM. We love SiriusXM Chill. And um, shout out to Chill on SiriusXM. But like, you know, a song will come on and we'll be like, oh, damn. And so like, I'll, I'll feel it and be like, damn, you know, I hope you can hear this. And so there's little, definitely little moments of like, of humor and song that kind of play into like, uh, knowing he's still around. Yeah, that's the meaning we give it. And it's important. I think it's important to hang on to. It's going to give you those emotional tear jerker moments, but like, that's what it's about. Like, that's, yeah. the, that's all we have left of these, of, of our loved ones. So it's like, we got to keep them alive somehow. Yeah. But th- th- Justin, I want to thank you for, like you said, the importance of being vulnerable. Uh-huh. Like, you you have, have to. You have to. So that You've I, got, I mean, if you're not crying, are you even human? <laughs> you know, it's like. In this town of soul sucking. I know. I mean, it's, it's and, and it, if you see somebody crying or going through it, don't be afraid to ask if you can do anything. You know, I was pumping gas on the way over here and this guy came over to me and, you know, he was just like, hey, man, you got 50 cents? I was like, take a dollar. Here. Go. Like, <laughs> Go just, crazy. Just those little things, yeah. like, really can impact somebody. And that's what I love doing what I do is because in my head, I'm just living my life and, you know, telling jokes and making people feel good. But you don't really have a sense of, like, the impact that that can have on somebody. Like, I'll post something. I mean, my podcast, yeah, I started it back. Uh, this past March and I just get strangers DMing me that are just like, thank you so much for doing what you do. And I'm like, really? (laughs) But I mean, that's, if I can do that to anybody and help somebody's day be better or brighter or whatever, then I know I'm doing my job. At the end of the day, I feel like that, I mean, humanity is like the job we're supposed to do. Just be good to one another. That's not hard. And like you said, it's the, the little, that's one thing I learned from my dad in different ways, but like the little things in life tend to be sometimes the most important. And those little things you can do for someone, you don't know the impact it can have. Like you Absolutely. Really, like, like littlest thing. You, you might, it you trickles may, down. And you may never know that it even affected that person, but like just be, just be, just try to be good. We're going to have our moments. I have plenty, I have my, you know, my shadows, blah, blah, blah. But like just do, be your good. Even when you're in, I don't know where I heard it from. I'm not, I'm going to butcher it, but plainly said, it was like, even if you're feeling shitty, just project happiness and try to lift other people up. Even if they don't let them project what you're feeling, yeah. then you can still lift people up. And day, let's just lift each other up. It's really not, it takes a little bit of effort, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to make the world a better place. And we're always looking at, even I'm looking at my podcast, this or that. It's like, we're looking at massive numbers. I got to have 20, 50,000, a million people, but it's like- It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does not care at all. I mean- I mean, I've, I have to have those days too, where I'm just like, "Am I charting on the on iTunes? Oh God!" And then you're just like, "What am I doing? Yeah. How many followers do I have? Ah, yeah. who cares? It's all, it's all that, and that's that's the problem. It's like the validity that people need now is it's 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 brainwashing. It's it's toxic. It's fucking toxic, man. And it's like I catch myself in those moments, and like what you just said, it's like those. I don't know, if we are talking stats and this and that about whatever you're working on or selling, it's like, you do have that core group of, even if it's a thousand people or 500 or a hundred or 10, it's like, it's, it is affecting someone. It's affecting, it's, you're doing something. Mm-hmm. Have you had to check on anybody on Instagram? What do you mean? <laughs> check, well, what? <laughs> my misunderstanding? We're, we're like, and this I think is like pandemic related in, in a sense of like, I've watched several people on social media just kind of like go through it. And oh, you're, yeah, And you're just yeah, kind yeah. of like, this isn't the person I knew. Like, are you okay? Like, like you're seeking for the validity 
on social media. I mean, is that what I, mean I mean, I mean, there have been times where I've just been like, just start an OnlyFans already. My God, you're a great person. <laughs> yeah, social media is great in so many ways, but I, I got it. It's like it's a dark spiral sometimes. Oh, yeah. I got I catch myself still looking at things. I'm like, what am I? Why am I? Why am I absorbing? This is hurt. This is hurting me. Yeah, this isn't helping me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. look, two hours flew by, and I'm scrolling on my phone. I'm already watching the Dahmer show, and that's fucking me up enough. I don't need social media. Have you started watching that show? I started watching it. I'm. I just finished episode one. I'm starting episode two. But yeah, everyone's saying it's it's pretty good. I mean, I, I, figure, I don't forget the actor's name. He's Evan like, Peters. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's great in American Horror Story, but like he's. It does a pretty. I watched another interview of actual Jeffrey Dahmer. I was like, oh god, he really kind of nailed it. Do you remember that? Are you old enough to remember that? No, I, mean, I'm, I was born in '89. So when did he, when was his reign? Till so was like was it into the '90s. I think it was '94, '95. So yeah, no, I was in Staten Island doing whatever the hell I was doing. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's funny because my boyfriend's just like, "Who's Jeffrey Dahmer?" And I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Oh, the secretary. There's an Amber Alert about to go off, and it's going to be my fault. No, but at this, yeah, because he was, I think he was born in '87, so he's just, and he was from like the South, and his parents are, you know, Southern, and just, I'm sure they were like, you know what, we don't want to expose our child to Jeffrey Dahmer. Meanwhile, my family's like, oh my god, he, they, he ate his heart, you know, and I'm like, what, you know, like. I mean, that happened. I was like 14 or 15 when that happened. I just remember being like, and I just remember like every, like Tonight Show, David Letterman, everything, they were making jokes about it. And it, it's, it's wild. It's yeah, wild. It's crazy. I mean, I, I obviously knew about him. I didn't live through it like that. But yeah, that's just giving me, uh, giving me Ajita, as they say in Italian dialect. But um, <laughs> anyway, we'll get, you guys can Google Ajita, try to spell it. But uh, Justin, thank you so much for, um, for being here, and yeah, for sure. I'm super, super really cool to actually meet you in person. Yeah, same. And um, I don't know if there's uh, this is going to drop after your show drops on Saturday. Oh, yeah. But um, if you want to plug anything you want about the show or yourself, oh like, yeah, I mean it's going to be streaming. I wrote a show called Halloween Drag Stravaganza, which comes out October 1st. It'll be screening and available all October for Hulu's Halloween programming. Yeah, and it's it's a bunch of. Uh, Drag Queens and Halloween. It's amazing. And I also have a podcast called Just Sayin' with Justin Martindale. And uh, it's way fun. There we go. What's better than Drag Queens and Halloween? Nothing. Box of wine? Box. No. Second, third Maybe? place? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's better. Um, where's the uh, Where's the, the drag bingo? Is that it? Hamburger Mary's. Hamburger Mary's. Yeah. I, I tied with someone one time and I haven't gone back since. I need to, I need to redeem myself. I live right by there, so if you ever want to go, hundred percent, it's pretty fun. It's awesome. I only, I can't believe I went once. I used to, and you get to throw shit at people, which is really fun. Anything? Oh well, maybe you're not supposed to throw things, but uh, (laughs) I got my. I grabbed a, I grabbed a napkin dispenser and chucked it. So. That's why I haven't been asked back. So. Yeah, there we go. All right, I'm going to go back to uh, Ham- Hamburger Marys. Yeah. Was, yeah, that was a blast. All right, well, plug in at Hamburger Marys. But everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, another episode of Dead Talks. Until next time, thank you. <laughs>